Hello there. Welcome to the REI Friends Podcast. My name is Catherine Scoring. I'm your host. And today, like every week, I bring an amazing conversation that I just had with Matt. And we talked about so many different things. He, he just comes from corporate America. He's been investing for a very long time. And he shared perspective on what it's like to um, get started because life changes. And life changed for a lot of people a couple of years ago. So we got very candid about that and talking again it seems like it's a theme on the podcast that you definitely have to pick the right partner for life and for real estate and we talk a lot about partnerships um whether it's a spouse or a business partner and then how education plays such a big part on um your journey and your success he has an amazing free uh, ebook that you can download from his website. You can check out the show notes, but also make sure that you follow him on social media because he shares great information. So without further ado, let's get into today's show. Hey, Matt, how are you? Good, Catherine. Awesome. Good to have you on the show. Please introduce yourself to, the, to our audience. Okay. I'm Matt Hansen. I'm a, a retired corporate executive and a couple of years ago, I transitioned to a multifamily. So I'm a large multifamily syndicator, which means basically it's a crowdfunding type thing, how we, we purchase large apartment complexes, minimum 100 units, usually anywhere from 12, 12 million to, uh, we're doing a deal right now, it's a $40 million deal. So oh, we help investors it. move their money from <laughs> Wall Street to Main Street is our real real goal. Here. I love it. Well, that's a big departure. Congratulations for some leaving yeah. corporate America. That's awesome. So how, how do you make that transition? That's a big one. You know, it was more challenging than I thought it would be. It was about two years ago. I've been in, in real estate. My wife and I used to flip houses like 30 years ago before it was a thing. We did that. And then about six years ago, I got into multifamily, passively investing, um, some with my some retirement money, my 401k monies and things like that. And then, um, then I started doing deals myself with some other partners. And now we do large, 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 large apartment complexes, but it was an evolution. We did the flipping thing years ago. And then about six years ago, six years ago, I switched to multifamily and that's all I'm focused on now. Got it. That's awesome. So say you and your wife are doing it. So you, so she also had a job and you had a job. Yes, yes, yes. She, she retired just before I did. Okay, nice. So how, how did you guys started with why real estate if you also had jobs? Like why were you kind of double dipping? Well, you can do a side hustle. Like when the flipping the houses, I would do almost yeah. all the work myself and my wife and even my kids would come and paint and things like that. So that was thing you could do. And it was just kind of fun. It was really a hobby. And then it wasn't until I get into multifamily and I did the passive investing thing for quite a while until I retired. And then I really focused on full steam ahead. And I'm a general partner. I run deals um, and bring in investors now for our large multifamily stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So I guess my, the question, the reason why I'm asking is because most of the time people that are in corporate, um, they want to leave corporate and that's why they're doing a side hustle or so they get into real estate for a reason. So you guys were doing it just because oh, it was fun. Oh, the real reason yeah. was, oh, big in 2008 yeah. <laughs> and nine, my 401k plummeted, you know, with, with, okay. with what happened with the, the great recession. Yeah we were down, I really lost three or $400,000. And I thought, wow. hold it. I have all my money in here. And we were flipping houses on the side. And that's when I like went on. I really need to get not a hundred percent of my, my investments in the stock market. I need to get some of them out. And I still have maybe 20% of my portfolios in, in 
in the stock market. Everything else okay. is in real estate. We do venture capital investing and startups and things like that, a little crypto in there. Um, yeah. But that was my awakening is like, hold it. I'm beholden to the guys in Wall Street that are mm-hmm. manipulating stocks and doing all this stuff. And it's just gotten worse since then. So that's really was my motivation to get, I got to do something else for my retirement and it's real estate. And it's worked out really well. That is so good. So you know, so you knew for a fact it was real estate because you were doing it before yes. or yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was doing a small scale flipping house and we would make 20 to $60,000 on a flip and it would take a full year to flip the house. So I didn't wow. have to pay short-term capital gains because it was in the yeah. highest tax bracket. So I would have, you know, long-term capital gains to minimize. And I was doing the work myself in the evenings and the weekends. And it was, it was really a hobby type thing, but it's not scalable. That's really hard to do. It's work, really hard work. Now in the large multifamily, I partner with other people like myself, mostly high net worth. And we bring in investors. We find deals. We invest um, in Florida and Texas. And I've got some stuff in uh, Tennessee as well. So in markets that are really hot, I live in Michigan don't own anything in Michigan other than my lake house that I live in. I I love Michigan, but the population growth isn't here. Employment isn't strong here. um, And it is in those states. Those are the top three states. Some of the top. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I love that. So let me ask you this. Do you find that the work that you did when you were slowly flipping houses helped you in any way determine how to move forward or charging people? Or do you think it was just stepping stone into the next thing? Really good. It was my shop class from high school <laughs> and lived growing up on a farm that helped me do the flipping. It wasn't my corporate gig. Now my corporate gig really helped in the real okay. estate because now I'm dealing with, you know, $40 million projects at work. I would deal with $350 million projects. So it was the same thing. It's, you know, you're getting your, um, First off, you're finding the deal, you're acquiring it, you have a property manager that does the inspections, you're working with your attorney, your insurance person, your tax person, your lending broker. So it's really more business than the flipping thing. It's the business end. And that's why it was so the transition was easier for me because I already had those skill sets. I'd managed large people, large groups of people around the world. And this is just the same thing, but on a smaller scale. So that, that it yeah. really worked well from the corporate thing. The, the single family didn't really do much for me. <laughs> good question, though. That is though. so good, though. Yeah, yeah, that is so good, though, because I know that we have a lot of people that are watching or listening that are in corporate America and they're probably hating on it, not knowing that they're hopefully gaining some skills so they'll be able to transfer to when they decide to do real estate, either full-time, part-time, or however they want to start. Because something that you said that you were doing flipping slow because you did not want to pay capital gain. So that already told me that you were educated enough <laughs> to know not to make a very expensive mistake. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's the problem. But I'm not got friends that flip houses, but they're doing million dollar homes. And you've got to do a lot of those. And their margins are a hundred, two hundred thousand on them. But there's very few people. And I know people that own most of the people that are in multifamily now were previously seeing single family home. And most all of them sold their single families and said, okay, I'm going to go to multifamily. And fortunately I did. I mean, I had a buddy that owned a hundred houses and he's down to like 30 houses because it's just so much work. Now he partners with people on multifamily. It's much, much less work and it's fewer moving parts. You're dealing with a business. When you buy an apartment, you're buying a business is really, and they're valued not on the comps of the houses around it. It's based on how profitable you make that business. So uh, you have more control over, it's called forced appreciation. 
And a home, you can make that home beautiful, but if the comp next door isn't supporting it, you're not going to get anything more than what the market will allow. And in in multifamily, you control the value of the property based on the income it creates, which is really powerful. Uh, Yeah, that makes sense. So just by what you're saying, it sounds like you have a lot of clarity as to how you wanted to spend your time because you said that what you were doing was not scalable. So you only did not want to only replace your income and, and maximize it, but you also wanted to have more control of your time. Would that be accurate? Very good. Very good. Yes, you're correct. So, so good. So, okay. So you were in corporate America making all this money. Were you not happy and you just want to make something different? What pushed you to say, I'm going to go into real estate all the way on top of losing the money? Like, you know, what was the the, the, the the guiding force to say, I'm not going to do corporate anymore. I'm going to move over to do this full time. Oh. Well, I'd been working on the transition for about six years. And then an opportunity came up where, and this was during COVID, like, okay, I was an executive level, really wasn't a real taxing job. I showed up for meetings and things here and there and here and there. And they offered me a package and I said, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go with the package. And then I've got some runway to go into this full time. And it was, it's a challenging transition. I living in a corporate bubble for 33 years, mm. everybody is always aligned with you. Even if I had, you know, conflicts with our legal department or purchasing department, ultimately we worked for the same company and we were going in the right direct, same direction. You find in outside of that corporate bubble, everybody else has their own agenda. And even, even if you have a, a team of, um, of individuals, contractors or whatever, they're still working for five, 15 other people. You're not always gonna get their attention. We've got, we had an apartment in Florida. We had, oh, I don't know how many, 70 units to remodel. And I think we got 20 of them done because we just couldn't get the resources, we couldn't get the labor. But fortunately the market went up, so we sold it. But those are things out of your control and they were prioritizing us lower than maybe you know other clients or in just the shortage of materials. So that's what I found out is that, okay, you don't have, it's not a controlled environment. You're out in the real world now. And yeah. so if you're a corporate person, you've lived at to be an entrepreneur is much more challenging than I thought it would be, frankly. I really did. I, I thought, oh, this is cake. I know business. I know all this stuff, but it's the uncontrollable, all the other people and companies around you that you don't have hundred percent influence. So if I wanted to get something done as a global director, I would say it, it gets done. It doesn't work that way outside of the corporate world. No, no. (laughs) Catherine, I didn't know that. I'm so, I'm 50 some years old. I didn't know that. That's how the world works. So that was an awakening for me. You were, you were spoiled in in the corporate, in the corporate world. (laughs) I didn't know it until I left. That is so funny. It sounds like, and it is like COVID really changed people's lives. And I think in your, in your case, sounds like it was for the better. It gave you this amazing gift of giving you the the resources to be able to do something that you probably, you think that you would have done it at the time that you did it. If you hadn't been, no, I would wait. I would have still done, done both. Like I had been doing both. No, I would, I would waited. Yeah. Yeah. The world changed and I was one of those that didn't have control over it either. So right, the world did change. And that's the thing, though, the world can change at any moment. If you don't have control of your time and your finances, you are at the mercy of what someone else decides. So I'm sure that you're putting in the skills. Did you have the the discipline that requires to like I know some people that go from corporate to being an entrepreneur, they have a hard time like showing up to work. Like I know for me. It's getting taking a shower every day. I put perfume on and I put clothes on and shoes 
and perfume, like to walk, you know, 10, 20 steps. I don't know if, if that was hard for you. you had a no, 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 well, it really wasn't. And I, and I had a lot of freedom the last five years or so. Once you get to a okay. certain level, it's not what I did. It was what I knew. So it wasn't like I had transactional stuff to do all the time. So I, I'm very fortunate. I worked for a large corporation and I was a good high performer. So years ago, I would start showing up at work at 10 o'clock. And, and, but I would work in the evening when I got home or whatever. So now I get up at noon or one, but I work until four in the morning. So I actually get yeah. to work on my schedule, not the yes. world. Um, so no, that really hasn't been a challenge. I work more hours now than I did before, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I love it. It's fun. I love real estate. I love helping people. It's great, the, the, especially giving those, those uh, distribution checks and everything. People love it. When we sell an apartment, we're selling one now and our investors are making 20 to 30% on their money on the sale. It's incredible. So that that's, it's much more fun. So I don't mind the extra hours because I do. I, I worked until three last night, I think three or four. Um, but then I, I had to get up early for that dentist appointment. But other than that, I get to sleep in. <laughs> Gotta love that. That is so, and that but works it, for you. So if you were a morning person, you could get up early yes. and then do something else later. So it's the control of, I own my time and I get yes. to do work when I want to. Awesome. That is true. That's yes. So good. So you got your package and you're like, okay, I'm gonna do this real estate thing. How did you know the direction that you were gonna go? Or did you know? I know I've been doing it for six years on the side, but nobody knew. So if they're listening, nobody now knew. they'll find <laughs> no. I talked to one of the leaders um that I worked for. I told him, you know, this time being because you can't tell anybody you're doing this. This is a conflict, you know, even though, yeah, really, I, it, it's in a different industry. I was in the chemical industry. It's a different industry, yeah. but it would been frowned upon. They found out that, oh, okay, Matt's got a side hustle here. It's, it's, really? it doesn't look real well. So I didn't. So that made it challenging for me because now we're raising capital and yeah. nobody knew me. They knew me as global director, Matt. They don't know me as multifamily, Matt, and apartment investor, Matt. Wow. So it's been a transition. So I've really been able to put it out there, but it harmed Coming me. Coming out, terms. if you will, right? Yeah, yeah basically, yeah. <laughs> but it's really harmed me because like, I thought, oh, I can raise money really easy. It's not been that easy because people don't know me as that. They just know me as this wow. corporate guy. So it's been an education. So we put out a lot of educational material on what apartment investing is and how it's a great right. hedge against inflation and recession. And it's get some of your money out of the stock market. But it's been much more challenging than I thought, Catherine. I thought, oh, that's going to be easy. I'll, you know, because I have friends that raise five to $12 million a year to help investors. And that's been a struggle for me, frankly. Wow. Um, Thank you. Thank you for, for keeping it real. So someone listening or watching and they're like, okay, well, Matt's been doing it for six years at the time and he had money already. How would someone brand new, if they wanted to do multifamily, how would they start? How would you recommend? If you, if you were starting today, what would you do? I did join the high price mastermind. And unfortunately, okay. very fortunate that I had, I was in a position to dish out that money. And that really fast tracks. You can do it yourself and on your own, you still have to partner. Cause so I leverage, you know, people in my group that are a hot, much higher net worth than mine that, you know, when you're buying a $40 million apartment, you got to put a million dollars down and you've got to have um, a net worth equivalent to the value of the property. So a couple of us will put our net worth together to get the loans. So you, it's, it's, you hear this, it's a team sport in multifamily. You can do this in single family. You can run your own thing, do your own little thing. When you're in multifamily, you need a team to do it. You know, like I mentioned, I've got an outstanding attorney we use for all of our deals and a mortgage broker and an insurance person and a tax person and that property managers vetting them. We're big enough now 
they take care of us. You know, when you have all oh, 100 units, not so much. But when you have two or 3000 units with your property manager, you get good attention. And that's why you leverage, um, you leverage the expertise of other people in my, in my group. Yeah. So I'm very fortunate for that. So that that's so the fast cool. track. The slow track is if you're a young person or just new to this is to hustle and find somebody that's been doing it for a long time and work for free. That's, and I know f- I've got friends that have done that. Younger people like, you know, cause they've got time, they don't have families and kids. So they work for another company or, or another um, veteran in the industry to learn the ropes, not getting paid, but they're learning. And then, you know, the next deal comes around, they do all the paperwork and the due diligence and all that. And they get a little sliver of the deal. They'll give them a percent of that. So there's a way to get into this because there's, right. it's a lot of work, just underwriting, which is a fancy word for economic analysis. I hate underwriting because that's the stuff I used to do at work. I used to oh, look at okay. financials, profit and loss, blah, blah, blah. I don't do that anymore. I've got people that are more talented or like doing that, that do that. So there is ways to get into it, find a network, Facebook groups. You don't have to join a big high price thing, but it fast tracked me. But you can do that just by networking with other individuals on Facebook and LinkedIn and all that stuff. There's a big community out there. That is so good. Something that you said earlier, I'm still thinking about it. You said that uh, you had a friend that had a hundred, say hundred houses and then he sold yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And then you said it was a lot of work, but then you're talking about the multifamily, which is a lot of apartments. So you're saying that if you have several multifamily apartments, you are doing, making more money and you have less work than having all those houses? Is that what you're saying? Yes, but you have okay. them a lot. Say if you have a, I, yeah. I, I'm not going to get this ratio right, Catherine, but yeah, say yeah. if you have 100 houses, you probably need 3,000 apartment units to equivalent that because you're your own entity. You're making all the money yourself. You're, you're keeping it yourself. And those were rentals, but it's a lot of work. You've got 100 different roofs to maintain. Ours, you know, we'll have, you know, 15 roofs because we have large multifamily. So the economy of scales and in running those, it's much less work. So once a deal is done, you know, we've got it through the letter of intent and we've closed it. Um, we have an asset manager, one of my business partners will asset manage it. And then you just receive your quarterly checks, you know, because right. you've got equity in the deal. Yeah. yeah, I think I just had a mind upgrade what we have been talking because. Um, and and if, if somebody's listening or watching, I want them not to get hung up on the money part, right? Because money's already, I always yeah. say money's already made. Don't even think about that. Somebody already has it. Don't worry about it, right? But who do you know, right? I love that book, Not Who, But No What, But Who. Such a great book, right? But think about, yes, I, and people watching and listening, they love real estate. I, I live and love it, real estate, right? But what have you been consuming, right? Somebody that has been telling you about buying one house at a time, doing short-term rentals, whatever they're doing, right? <clears throat> but what if you decided, what if I partner with someone and you get three or five friends? Like you said, you just have a couple of people get together, say, okay, we put in 200,000, 500,000, all of a sudden we have a mill and now we get to buy this apartment complex, right? So looking at what kind of lifestyle do I want to have and when do I want to get there? Do I want to go there this low way or do I want to get there faster? And then deciding I'm going to get educated. I'm going to pay with time. Or I'm going to pay with money, but either way I'm going to pay. Right. You got it. You got it. So you good. nailed it. There's an avenue to get there. Everybody's journey is a little bit different, but there's right. multiple ways to get there. You're right. Yes. Right. And the clarity of knowing what you want your life to look like, because for somebody, 
listening or watching, maybe buying the one house at a time or several yeah. houses at a time. That's the way they want because the type of lifestyle or the type of real estate they want to do. But it's just having that clarity first. And I think it's starting with the game. So you're buying those houses. How do you decide on the markets that you're buying? You said that it was because they're hot. Um, but how do you know they were hot? Like, how do you do that research? Oh, it's it's pretty extensive, extremely extensive. When you're buying a $40 million apartment, you need to make sure you've looked at the market, the long-term projections, the historical data, what the, what the other apartments in the community are. So our number one thing is employment and population growth. So if there's jobs there and there's people there, you're in great shape. And we only invest in um, MSAs, which is Metropolitan Statistical Area, which means a region um, with over 100, 200,000 people. So the town I live in love it, but there's 40,000 people here. And there's just a handful of apartments. So your, your base there is really small of possible tenants. But we invest in Jacksonville, Florida, and Dallas, Fort Worth, and San Antonio, and Memphis, where... Oh, there's unlimited amount of uh, and, um, residents or tenants looking for places to live. And there's growth in those states. Population growth is huge. Florida's number one or two with Texas. And then Arizona is a great state as well. And employment is blowing up. You know, we love to put in apartments or, or buy an apartment close to hospitals, which are inflation resistant and all that stuff, or are recession resistant because people have to go there. They have to be taken care of. So it's really uh, comprehensive. There's like 42 data points that we look at, but now I know the markets that we look in. I don't have to do all that research, but we keep an eye on it to make sure, is there anything turning? Is there anything legislation, landlord-friendly states too? You don't want to own in New York, though I have friends that do. It's really challenging. Or California. A lot of our investors are California residents that don't that know they can't own property there, so they invest with us in other states. So good question. It's yeah, so it's really, good. that's the yeah. most important thing. Location, 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 just like location. everything else in yeah. real estate. Yeah. So it's really a business that you're running and yes. you said that earlier, right? And you're not flying by the seam of your pants. You're actually doing lots of research, which is why it's a sound investment because you know where you're putting your money. And it sounds like you educated yourself to know what you're investing in. Is that right? You're absolutely, I've spent, oh, again, been in real estate for over 30 years, last six years. I've attended not only being part of masterminds, you attend courses and classes. I've been coached by the SEC attorneys. I probably have 20 or 30 hours of coaching on that alone, because when you're advertising things, there's things you can advertise, mm -hmm. things you can't, depends on how the structure of the deal is. So it's, you really do have to be educated on that from that. And you're taking other people's money. You're, you have a fiduciary responsibility to make sure that you make good decisions on their behalf. So yeah. And, that, and that's another thing if you're passively investing. And I did a lot of passive investing before I started running deals and became a general partner. If you're passively investing, you're a limited partner because you're limited your liability there that you really need to vet them well. And I, I had one investment that I didn't, didn't, I was early on six years ago I, I vetted them and the guy that I really liked that I was investing in basically left the deal after oh. six months later. And then it, the other partners ran into the ground and then a capital call. You don't want to hear capital call. Ooh. So I had a hundred thousand dollars into the deal. They had a capital call. They want, Hey, everybody needs to put in another 12,000 bucks or you get diluted. And I said, no, I'm not putting another 12,000 in this. You can dilute my shares, my equity, and I'll take it. You know what? We sold it last year and I made $62,000. Can't complain, but I should have made, you know, on other deals, I should have made a hundred on that hundred. 
over the course of the time. Right. But so looking still, back, yeah. would, would you have put, knowing what you know, how it came out, would you have put the 12 grand in? No, I still wouldn't have. Because no. I took that 12 grand and put it in something else and I made more money. Nice, nice. Now, would but, you, but have, left, okay. yeah. would you have left? Could you have left when you, that guy that you like left? The deal? It's really hard to pull money out of a deal. Okay. Like once you're in there, okay. it's locked in. If there's a hardship okay. or something like that, if I said, you know what, you know, I lost my job, I have no income yeah. or I had medical bills or something like that. It's pretty rare that, and it's the discretion because you sign documents and say, yep, I'm in here for yeah. the long haul. It's three to five right. years is the business plan. Um, and I think I've, we've got hundreds of investors in thousands of units. We've never done it once. And if somebody came and asked us, we would do it. The partners, we'd all throw in, okay, we'll put in 25 grand. Okay. We'll get your money okay. back and we'll take the share out of it. But right. it, it's, it, yeah, I, I wouldn't have at that. I still felt it was a good deal. I just didn't know that right. the partners weren't going to. Right. So well. that's, the, I'm making a mental note there to not only go with the person that I like, because we have a real, I don't know about you, but my God, it's good. Like I, I can, I can tell I'm a good interviewer. Like I know people like they're bullshitting me or something I can tell. Right. But if we don't bet everybody in the team or in the deal, you might get you, you might get burned. So that's that's a great lesson that I'm gonna learn from you. So I don't Thank have to you. I don't Thank have you. to live it. <laughs> but you're right. If I if I had looked closer, I think okay, this yeah. guy say his name is Bob. Hey Bob, I know like trust you. He had two partners that were younger that I didn't really know that were newer, and then one other older guy, which I thought would mind the show, but he was busy doing other things. So you're right. If I would have looked at that, I thought okay, I got a chance that I could. You know, if, if my buddy walks away. There's two young people, not young, not in a derogatory, but just new to multifamily. Yeah. And then yeah. an older guy that I don't think really wanted to work hard. Yeah, I was, I put myself at risk there. Now that I know that looking back, I, and I'm much more critical. I've invested in lots of other deals passively since then. And I make sure I know them. And most importantly, I know who's the asset manager, mm, who's going to run good. that deal afterwards, you know, and, and, and do they have a good backup? Exactly. What's their background? Like what in, have they done this before? How did that project go? Again, part of the due diligence, which I know many people don't like to do, but it will save your butt and it will save you probably a lot of money aggravation. So when you mentioned earlier that you were in that deal and you were in for the long haul, did you know at the beginning, six years, seven years ago, that it will take longer to establish yourself or to get everything set up? Do you think, oh, I've been doing this for a while. I'm going to make my money fast or things are going to go smoother. Or do you have the right expectation of how things were going to go? Oh, you talked to my wife about that. I always <laughs> am pie in the sky, Mr. You know, optimistic. Oh, it's going to go great. It's going to go great. And she's the realist in the family. It's like, okay, you know what? You, we didn't deliver on that one. We missed that one. We missed that one. Mm. So yeah, I, I way overestimated how easy it was okay. going to be. Like I said, moving from corporate world to this, I learned really well and I've run lots of deals. So I know how to run from LOI, letter of intent, you know, the, the offer to the closing the deals. I've done tons of those. So I really know and understand that really well. But um, just getting, getting in deals and you never make as much money as you think you're going to because something happens like, okay, the insurance wasn't uh, uh, 200,000 ends up being 500,000 because the things are going around. Well, that comes out of your share typically, your your, your pot, if you will. So right. there's things like that that happen all the time. So it is much more challenging than, you, you know, you put it on paper and you project, hey, this is what I'm going to be making in a year. Right. It's really hard because there's things out of your control. Again, you're not in the corporate world. You're out in the real world where things can happen right. that you have no control over. Yeah. Banks won't give you loans. During COVID, we had a big deal under contract 
and we signed it on March the 6th of 2020. No and that's way. just when COVID hit. Then we went yeah. down the next week to Florida to tour the properties. And, and when that week's time, we got into like 30% of the properties because the residents said, you're not coming in here. We don't know what's going on in the world. And oh, then the no. bank said, oh, hold it. By the way, we said, we're going to give you a loan. You're not getting that loan now. And like, I've got a hundred and some thousand bucks as down payment on this in my own money. And I had a wonderful attorney that got it back for me. And they gave us a six months yeah. extension, but things still didn't clear up, but just stuff yeah. like that. And even now the world is not any more stable, I think in terms of the interest rates and what all those things that are going on, insurance are going crazy, can't get supplies to renovate um, units and things like that. So it's, it's challenging. It really is. It's it not is, a walk yeah. in the park. <laughs> it is not, but I'm glad that you have, you marry the wife that you marry, right? Because you guys sound like compliment each other, right? You're yes. flying over there, be happy. And she's like, ah, oh, come down here. Let's, let's talk yes. about this. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that is so good. I have been interviewing quite a few people in the, what, they seem to have in common is that they, I don't know how they did this, but they marry the right people. Okay. They, they seem like the partner is the opposite in someone that enjoys real estate, which I've seen some people that don't marry people that are into real estate, but, and they do it later in life, but they marry people that hold them accountable and also are there to kind of make, keep them honest with the, with themselves and their expectations. And that is so, so important. Even if it is not a, a partner as a spouse, but right. the partner in business, like in partnerships, it sounds like you definitely want to have opposites because you'll balance each other out. Yes, 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 yes. yes. And that's another so good, good point. Partnerships. Wow. Is it challenging? It's I've had more bad partners than good partners. <laughs> it's just really is because you don't really? know until you get into the thick of things how people are going to perform or behave and things like that. Like in the corporate world, you got this little bubble you're living in. Everybody knows that ultimately they need to do the right thing. And here it's like, and, and that's aligned with the corporate objectives and goals and mission. And here it's a little, it is, it is more challenging. The partnership has been one of the more challenging things for me too as well. Yeah. I, can, I think I'm like you, I think I can read people. I've hired yeah. hundreds of people, interviewed hundreds of people. And I pretty, and I've got a pretty good track record because I see them throughout the years in the company and now they're directors or high level and all that stuff. But I misjudged some people here. I, I was surprised. <laughs> it can happen. It can happen. Yes. And also I think it can happen in terms of how committed they are. It's happened to me in different projects where I'm really committed and I think I'm committed for them more than they are. And then as the project goes on, I find that I'm investing more time, more resources, and then you're like, okay, we're not on the same page, even though we were at the beginning. So I think that's a, I, I haven't figured that, that out yet, how you can figure it out if they are as in as you are. It is really hard you don't, until you're in it and something goes sideways. Then you find out who is transactionally working with you and who's got a relationship right. says, you know what, I'm going to take a hit on that one, but I'm going to make sure this happens. And I'm the, I'm the guy that's going to take a hit. I'll sacrifice myself and my money to protect my investors or a partner. But you, you don't know until you're in that situation. Right. <laughs> but that's not everyone, though. Like, you sound like you're one of the honest ones. Not everybody in right. real estate is willing to fall on the sword for everybody else. It's, it's okay. I'm Just between you and I and yeah. some of your listeners, it's sketchy yeah. out there. I had no yeah. idea. And I think real estate is the same way. You have these people selling courses. They've been doing it for two years. I've been doing this for six and I wouldn't, don't think I'm ready to be putting a course out there. I was like, oh, the, because of social media, you can be a great poser and perception yeah. is reality. I learned that years ago in the corporate yeah. perception is reality, but you've not done 
any deals and you haven't lived through a recession. You haven't done this and that and this and that. So I really, I, I caution people. There's no such thing as get rich quick in real estate. It's yeah. get rich slow. So if somebody's promising you something, don't count on it. It's, it's just not going to happen typically. That's so good. I was just going to take us there because I know a lot of people are eager to do things. And right now we are in a little bit of a state unstable bubble, right? So, and if you want to be into real estate, you want to get in yesterday. You want to get all these things done, right? And it's like, this is the long game. Just like life, right? We were not born. Yes, I was not born yesterday. Right? So it's taken me 46 years to get here, right? I, I didn't skip any of those years. I had to go right. through every single state. So for real estate, I'm finding that education is key. Who you surround yourself with, with is amazing. What you're reading, what you're watching. And then you want to always trust the source. Like who's, who's saying that? Yes. What have they done? Where have they been? What have they done? So what, what do you do? Who are you listening to these days? Are you still in the mastermind? Yes, I'm still in the mastermind. But early on, like six years ago, I consumed every podcast. You can see all these books yeah. behind me. Most yeah. of those are business and real estate, things I didn't know. Like I know how to run a large corporation. I know how to run a division. I know how to manage people. I know, how to, but I knew, real estate was a new thing to me. So um, I'll just say, if you're new to it, Michael Blanc's really good. Rod Khalif's podcast, really good. The real estate guys, really good. Um, trying to think what I listened to long ago. Um, Whitney Sewell is, um, has got a good podcast. I consume ton. Of, now I don't. It's like, okay, I know half the people on those podcasts yeah. and I've been on some of them. It's like, I don't gain much from it. But if you're new, boy, I consumed and absorbed all that information. Read books, listen to podcasts um, and really check people's track records. You know, I've done dozens of deals now and stuff. But if someone's only done one or two deal, that's great. Everyone has their first deal, but I don't want to be an investor in that deal. Right. <laughs> I right. wanted to work on somebody else and figure out the, the process. Right. I want to invest like the people I invest with the people I've known for six years. Like I just invested in a vineyard with one of my friends in, in Texas. And, um, and I'm, I still invest in multifamily passively with one of my friends, best friends in California, San Diego, but I've known her forever and I know like and trust her right. so really exactly. make sure you vet those people well and once you and it's a small industry it's a small world multifamily. there's only a couple thousand of us out there and you pretty much know the big players and who they are and if you follow those people you're pretty safe because they've got a tracker they can't they've gotten that far they haven't screwed anybody over pretty much <laughs> you're, right. you're, you're much safer than somebody that you don't know about I've got a uh, a younger guy that's um that wants to invest with me and he was showing me some other deals that he was looking at. And somebody was pitching him a deal in a town with 5,000 people, an apartment yeah. with 5,000 people. Uh, first off, it's way too, too small. It's out in the middle of nowhere. And I said, you know what? You don't need to invest with me, but don't invest in that deal because that's not, that is very risky. If that one employer goes out or something catastrophe hits that little town, there's no tenants. It's going to go vacant. And, and then they were selling them a bill of goods on this. Oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. I'm thinking the risk is so high on that. So really, really do your due diligence. And, and, and again, contact me. I'm happy to give you free advice. <laughs> and I'm not a licensed financial advisor or accountant or legal expert, <laughs> but I'll give you my two cents for my years of experience. That is so good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It definitely, unfortunately, some people out there are preying on people that just when I get started. And um, 
they're not looking at those things uh, and they're looking at future, right? Like I'm, I'm big on that. Like, don't, don't tell me, show me, don't be telling me it's gonna be like, what is it today? This is what, this is what, this is what we're working with. Like, I'm going to make a decision on what we have here not. And if that happens, great. But where are we today? You know, because right. otherwise you can get burned by like with 2020, so many people were doing, I had huge plans for 2020. Like I was going to travel so many places. I didn't go anywhere. So you can plan all you want, but it may, may or may not happen. Too, too funny. All right. So you, you're working on a deal, you said, right now? Yeah, we got a big deal right now. And I can't talk about this one because okay. Okay. there's, um, I'm not going to go into details. There's some that you can yeah. advertise and some deals you can't. Yeah. Some you can only bring friends and family and somebody you already had a, a, a relationship with beforehand. And there's others that you can advertise. And this is one that I can advertise. We have a $40 million deal. Uh, we're raising $14 million in Jacksonville, Florida, which is the number two best market in the United States really? for rentals. Number two. For rentals, yeah. For rentals. The, the thing is that Jacksonville is not a place that I don't, I don't, I don't. That's my personal opinion. I don't okay, like it. Okay, people like. okay, dear. We lived there for six months last year. I didn't really like it. No. Really, first off, we live in Michigan, beautiful weather. So the summer's yeah, great here. Yeah. The, it was so hot and dreadful. So congested because so it's growing so fast. So, oh my like, God. We, yeah. we had a townhouse. We were 12 miles from the beach, but it took us a half an hour to get there. You know, wow. no, it should have been a 12 minute drive. So it's just, this just growing so yeah. quick, but it's a great place to invest. Right. Excellent. Okay. We've got, okay. gosh, 1200 units. We have a lot of, a lot of units there. I think it's a great, but again, I wouldn't live there. Same thing with right. nothing against Texas. But I wouldn't live right. there. But it's a great right. place to invest, and that's where you need to invest. And I know, right. see, a lot of people try to make it work where they live, just because they live there. Yeah. I'm sorry, no, it's not going to work. You need to invest where, live where you want to live, but invest where it makes sense. So good. That's it's, so good. I love that idea. Live where you want to live. The, the real estate guys <laughs> say that, and it's their tagline. The real estate guys, you got to follow okay. them. They're really good. They're really, and they have you, programs. So, so yeah. spend some money. You really, it's worth it. I've spent. Well, over a hundred thousand dollars in programs. So worth it. Masterminds. So worth it. But but it's 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 it saved me that much just getting my deal my money back from one of my things because I was linked up with a, one of the top SEC attorneys in the United States. I work with Duke and Kelly. Shout out to Duke and Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, phenomenal. His guy is one of the top. And if I wasn't working with someone like that through our mastermind, I would have probably lost that hundred grand. So, uh, wow. Yeah. So worth it. Education is the best. Even with education that you pay for or education that you pay with experience, it's still education that comes back. It's going to pay for it time and time again. I'm excited for you on that deal that you cannot talk about. I'm sure it's going to go well. Just based on the things that you are doing in terms of due diligence, I'm definitely going to listen to this show because you said so many good nuggets about what not to do, what to do, and keep it really real, which I so appreciate. So what are you looking forward to um, in terms of what you guys are doing that you can talk about? Um, I'm really focused on building out my investor base because there's so many people that were like me that lost, a, you know, three, 400,000 bucks in the stock market. And it's going to get worse now that, and this is something that Wall Street doesn't advertise because they don't want you to. They don't make sales and commissions. Your financial advisor or your, your, um, your well, attorney may, may share it or your CPA. Those guys are really risk averse typically, but you're not going to get anybody. Nobody pays you pays to promote investing passively in real estate. Through, and they're called syndications or a type right. of crowdfunding. And that's the thing is that I'm trying to get the word out there is that you should have at least some of your money out of the stock market and into a hard asset. It's our, our apartments are, I can say never, but it's hard to make them go to zero. 
you can have stocks that can go to zero, but that's yeah. never going to happen with an apartment. If you invest in the right spot, you, you, you're not going to. Um, you may not make as much money, but you're not going to lose money. And we're in the cash. My, my wife says the capital preservation mode, my wife says, with what's going on <laughs> in the world. Capital yeah. preservation. She's always, what's capital preservation? Okay. And that's what real estate does. It's a concrete asset. It's not going to go to zero. If it's managed well, it should be making you a fair amount of money. So that's my, that's my objective is to get people out there. Even if it's on your own, find a single family home and renting it out. Or I don't recommend flipping because the taxes are so hard on mm. that. And you, it's just to keep churn. You buy a, a single family home and you can sit there and it's a long term. It's a long term play. So I would recommend everybody educate yourself and get some of your money out of the stock market. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, unfortunately, people are now talking about that and people are, are being hurt because of that. So thank you for mentioning that. At some point, we're going to have to meet your wife because she sounds like an amazing person. I would love to know what it's like to be married to you. <laughs> oh, it's not it's not a vacation. It's not a vacation at all. She, she's like a, a, a marketing guru. She was a kind of like marketing director for non-for-profit. She always worked for non-for-profit okay. companies. Oh, okay. And I worked for a chemical company. So it was balancing it go. out. She yeah. helped senior citizens or hospice and all that. I worked for a chemical company. Mm. But so I, I do get to leverage her expertise. She did our website so and she good. does our social media. Oh, good, I get good, people good. asking all the time, well, who did your website? Can I hire them? I said, it's my wife. And she doesn't even want to do it for me. That's, so, right. no, <laughs> that's so good. I was going to ask you, so are you writing about this stuff that you're learning? Uh, is that something that people can find on your website? It's or on a post-it. Oh, oh, yeah. We've got all sorts of educational materials okay, on good. our website because it really is. You just can't jump into it. So we've got blogs. I've got a little YouTube channel I put blurbs out on. Um, but I've got a, I, I do have a free booklet. It's called Rethink Your Retirement which we can put in the show notes, Rethink yeah, yeah, Retirement. Please. And it gives you an overview of what passively investing in real estate is and how you can use your self-direct. You can put money in your IRA, move it to a self-directed IRA, and you can actually put it in real estate. Again, something the Wall Street doesn't want you to know because they right. don't make money on it. And that's the thing we're educating investors to say, hey, you know what? You can mitigate some of that risk. Yeah, absolutely. So what's the website? So people that- Oh, are it's uh, hansonholdings.com. H-A-N-S-E-N holdings yep. with an s.com that's yep. so good we'll definitely put it in the show notes because i think i like the way you speak and hopefully you're writing the same way with plain english that anybody can understand <laughs> i try it's really technical but I try. Yeah. that's why my wife reads soon says we we she, we put a little ad together the other day and she goes that doesn't make any sense at all to me matt so she reworded it into layman's terms because not everybody's yeah. in the trenches in the industry. Right, and I forget that right. you've been in it for so long. I, I know I don't use, shouldn't be using jargon and I always define it if I use what's a cap rate or what's this or what that. Yeah, you, you did really well. Yeah, yes, we did really you. good. good. You did really good. Yeah, no, I'm excited. Thank you so much for your time. So let me ask you one final question. Knowing what you know today, if you could go back, what would you do with the knowledge that you have today? What would you change? Uh, Again, you hear this all the time. I would have started sooner. I would have started okay. sooner. I would have been more aggressive in 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 real estate. I you know did a lot of passive stuff, and and I was restricted a little bit by my job. But I still could have been putting more stuff out there, mm -hmm. just educating people in general, not selling a product or offering a service, but just just post things that hey, you know what, I'm into real estate, or hey, I do a little you know thing here, or I'm investing in it, passively investing. I should have done that. So it's this typical thing. Everyone says, I wish I would have started earlier. And I wish I really would have. I had a good runway there, but I still, I'm still not even close to making what I made in my corporate job. Let's face it. Okay. It's, it's right. not, I'm not, so just so you know, it is, it is, I'm not there yet by any means. I'm getting there. It's a lot of work. 
but it's a lot of fun. Like you, you right. I can see you have passion about this cat too. It's like, yeah, it's just fun. I just enjoy it. Like, it you know, fun. it's great. And I got to thank you first off women in real estate. Love, love, love that you're doing this. Love that you're in the business. We need more of you. So whenever I have an opportunity to help anybody, a female that's new into real estate, I've got a young couple I'm working with and they're both fabulous, but it's great. And I just, we need more. We need more of that balance in the, because it really is an old boys network. And I don't. Yeah, it so is. It really I appreciate needs to change. that. Thank you. So you're doing great. I thank you for thank doing you. this, the podcast and having me on it and, and showing people that Anybody can do this. Just Anyone takes hard can work. Do it. Yeah. And, and having conversations, getting started. Because I had that. I, I thank you so much for your kind words. Because I'm like, who am I? Where are they going to come on my show? But I created it. And I was so nervous. And I'm like, I'm just going to create it. I'm going to put it out there. Close my eyes and hope somebody shows up. And guess what? People are coming coming to, to us and asking. And, and it's just been great. But you got to get started. So I, I'm going to second your words. Um, you are not going to be prepared ever 100%. Things are going to go sideways. And you're going to learn on the way. And that's the way to learn. To me, it's on the fly. So you're like, if you, if, you, if you jump on the way down, you'll figure it out. So we'll right, figure right. it out. You can read all the books you want. But when it yeah. comes to doing it, it's a totally different story. You're right. You got to do it. You got to take action. Even if it's small, small actions, you know, consistently done deliver big results. So absolutely. Yes, I do. I'm excited. We're going to put all your information in the show notes. Thank you so much. Please say hi to your wife. Tell her that I'm a fan, even though I haven't met her. I think she's <laughs> awesome. You're so based on the things that you said. So thank you so much for your time. I'm excited. For thank you so you much. It's been a pleasure. Up. Absolute pleasure. You're welcome. There you guys have it. I'm so excited for you to watch. I always push you to watch these interviews because I think you get something more than when you listen. You can still listen, but watching is so powerful. Matt shares so many resources. We'll make sure to capture them in the show notes as well. Please get started. Whether you want to do multifamily, single family, whatever it is, stop wasting time. Surround yourself with people that are doing what you want to do. And very soon, you will be exactly where you want to go. Please remember that I love you, that I'm rooting for you. And I'm going to see you super duper soon. Bye.